Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 256. The Summer Guest Fest has arrived, and this year we've decided since summertime is the easiest time of year to get distracted from your business, the kids are home from school, vacation is on the horizon, there's so much going on that can keep you from moving forward towards your goals that we want to do everything possible to keep you on track and inspire you to keep moving forward towards accomplishing your big dream. So for the next two months, we're going to be offering you at least two special guest episodes episodes each and every week. We hope you enjoy the extra value, the added inspiration, and a little extra urge of motivation to keep on going. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am thrilled to have Bree Noble here with us today. Bree, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Kelly. I am super excited. So we're going to be talking about music, we're going to be talking about business, we're going to be talking about speaking, we're going to be talking about merging your passion with your life and taking it and, and turning it into a stellar business. So Brie, I'm, I'm really excited to have you here. Yeah, all my favorite subjects for sure. Absolutely. So <laughs> let me share a little bit about you with our listeners and then we'll go ahead and dive right in and have some fun here. Brie Noble quit her corporate job as the director of finance to pursue music. Can you imagine that? After a successful run as a touring singer-songwriter, she founded the Women of Substance Radio to promote quality female artists in all genres. The daily podcast of the same name hit number one in New and Noteworthy in all three of its categories and number four in audio podcasts of all of iTunes. On her second podcast, Female Entrepreneur Musician, also number one in New and Noteworthy, she conducts interviews with six successful indie female artists and industry pros that are both inspirational and informational. Drawing on her extensive experience, Brie has created online courses to help musicians learn to make a living from their music. Her most popular offering is an online training and mentoring community exclusively for female musicians called the Female Musician Academy. So Brie, this is so awesome. Super excited to have you on the show. So um, let's go ahead and dive right in. You know, my husband is a musician and, and and we go to shows all the time. We were just at a show uh, a, a couple weeks ago, and it's an artist that we're completely in love with. And the room literally was for maybe 50 people. And I said to my husband, this should be a stadium. And this, what we're here to talk about today, Brie, is the difference. It is like, it's what you have pinpointed here is the key reason why some of the most talented artists in every genre in the world remain undiscovered and eventually give up on their passions. So I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks. I'm gosh, I'm jealous of you. I wish I got to go to more shows, but I mean, it is amazing the kind of shows that you can find with indie artists and you're like, I'm so lucky I know about this person and there's only 50 people here. It's amazing. It's unreal. And it's not just music, but it's like any art form, I feel like, you know, and, yeah. and it's really, it's, it's bridging that gap. So walk us through a little bit of your story, because I'm sure that there's a lot to it and how you arrived at where you are today. But like, how did you come to this place where you are today in terms of this, this community that you're forming and, and the online course? that you're teaching and all of that? Sure. So, you know, I started out like most musicians, just absolutely loving music, wanting to do it all the time, you know, doing as much as I could in high school, in all the groups that I had in college, touring with our college ensemble, um, you know, the Western States and recording a few albums. But 
I really was not prepared in any way to do music outside of school. Like we were given no information on how to create a career in music, like not even one shred of information. So when I left school, I was completely lost. And, you know, I had kind of along the way realized I needed a fallback plan. And so I got a degree in business as well. And so I went to work as a director of finance and I ended up in working in an opera company as director of finance. I had at one point thought I'd go into arts management and then kind of ended up in that place anyway, which was cool. Um, so I got to be around all these creatives and, you know, get to sit in the front row at opening night and go to all these fancy parties and everything. And that was, that was really great except for the fact that I was on the side, like secretly trying to build this music career, joining all these bands, trying to figure things out and just crashing and burning constantly. And so I was around all these artists that were living their passion and I was handing them paychecks and not living my passion, you know, and that was kind of frustrating the whole time. So that went on for probably about 10 years. And I just had these ideas is about the music industry that, you know, you, ha you have to get discovered, that you can't just go out there on your own and create anything. You know, someone has to, you have to find some big decision maker somewhere that's going to hand you this career and like, you know, set it all out for you on the silver platter and, and just, you know, show you exactly what you need to do and get you all these inroads. And so I thought, well, if I join these bands and maybe these bands will become successful and will attract an agent or something, that was the mindset that I had. And it wasn't until I ended up leaving my job, um, for like multiple reasons, stress related, um, having children, health reasons. I, you know, so I was at home and I finally had the time to really focus on, okay, how can I make this music career work? Cause now I have the time to make it work. And so I started to finally realize that I didn't need to wait around for someone to, you know, like usher me into this music career. Like I could create it myself just by building it from grassroots, from the ground up, just like any business person. So I don't know why, you know, when I was in the opera world and, you know, being a director of finance, I, you know, I realized what it took to run a business but then when I became a musician, it's like all that went out the window, you know, and I wasn't thinking like, oh, I'm running a business. Right. So that's when I figured out, okay, I, if I'm going to do this, like, I can't wait for anyone else. I just need to, to do it myself. And so I started just building this audience and just doing local shows and building that up and then starting to book local tours and then tours to, you know, the other side of California. And, you know, and I, I did this all myself and I don't know why I didn't realize I could do it myself before, but I do know that that's not uncommon. Like most, a lot of artists that I talk to now, they're in that same place that I was where they thought they have to attract, you know, industry decision makers and, you know, and big players and all that in order to actually be doing music. And, you know, they, a lot of them don't even want to be famous. They just want to do music. You know, right. they love it. Right. It's a huge passion. So by the time I got there, like fame was not on my list anymore because I was a little older and a little wiser. And I thought, you know, all I care about is that I want to be doing music daily. Right. <laughs> and, and so that's, that's how I got there. And so, you know, what really was the catalyst for me during that time was 
I met some other female artists that were doing what I wanted to do. And they were a few steps ahead of me and they took me under their wing and we had this small group, kind of a mastermind kind of thing. And I learned from them. I watched what they did. I asked questions and, you know, I was able to learn from their successes and failures. So I didn't do, you know, the things that didn't work for them. And it just got me there so much quicker. And so later on when I decided to kind of pivot because I didn't want to be touring so much, I had um, kids in elementary school and I had moved up into the mountains and it just, it was a lot more difficult to tour. I realized, you know, this mentoring group that I had, that was really the catalyst for me. And why couldn't I create that for other artists? And I have to back up because along the way, while I was a touring artist, I created women of substance that you mentioned in my bio because I felt like women were not represented enough in the radio industry and just not getting, you know, airplay for these amazing songs that they were creating. And so by the time I got to the point where I was pivoting, I was like, I have this huge list of like 3000 independent female artists. And, you know, I feel like I've been down their journey and I know what can help them because I know what was getting me stuck. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I decided to create the Academy because I wanted this, this mentoring place, this community for female artists, this sisterhood where, you know, we could, could help each other. And the people that were a few steps ahead could bring along the people that, that needed it. And, you know, so we've got now, you know, over a hundred people in the, the Academy, we've got people at all different levels, people that just started out, people that, you know, are on an indie label and everybody in between. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's incredible. And so for you, um, you know, what were some of the changes and the shifts that you had to go through to be able to really monetize music so that you could live your passion, but also be able to actually do it full time and support yourself versus, you know, having to do it on the side, but not really being able to monetize it? Well, I definitely need to go, needed to go through the shift of learning to build my audience. And I was smart enough to build an email list from the beginning because I had been building a list for women of substance from the beginning. And I saw the power of that, you know? And so I started as soon as I put out my first album and even before that, as when I was doing shows, I started building my email list along the way. And what that did for me is, and I stayed in contact with them. That's another important thing that I drive home to my students is you can't just build the email list and have it sit there. Like the point of it is you need to stay top of mind with these people. And because I was putting out content a couple times a month, even though I had a smaller list, I was top of mind for them whenever anything came up that, you know, they needed something, somebody for their, you know, mother's day tea or their Christmas event or whatever. And I was the one that they called because I was top of mind. And so I was able to build this like, you know, network of referrals that whenever I did a show, I had flyers on the table. I always let people know about them. People would actually take them and share me with other people or they'd buy my CDs and share it with a friend. And then that friend would go tell, you know, their church or their local organization that they should have me come perform. 
Yeah, no, that's perfect. So let's go back to that concept again because it's really interesting hearing it from the flip side of music. You know, we talk about we talk about it all the time on this show from uh, the standpoint of growing your business and and you're merging music into the traditional model. But I'm hoping that for our listeners today, it's really shining a light on some of those core essentials that sometimes you almost get too close to your business that you forget that that you have to be taken care of. So one, you said building the email list from the very beginning and nurturing those relationships and staying in front of them, you know, core, core essential for building a successful business. And then you said building relationships and having a network of referrals, people that were always introducing you to other people, people that were always sharing your work, sharing your CDs and getting you additional opportunities. What were some things that you intentionally did to nurture that referral network to grow that so that you had consistent opportunities coming in from them? Um, well, I would do things like, um, sometimes I would, you know, I'd send out booking requests to people and they would, you know, come back to me and say, well, yeah, you know, we'd love to have you, but we can only pay you this much, you know, and it was just a little less than I wanted to take. And I'd say, well, you know what, I am going kind of a distance to go to your place and perform, but if you share me with a couple other organizations like yours in your area and they book me, then I can go ahead and do this for that price, you know, and then I've got like a, now a little mini tour. And so that Smart. worked really well. Smart. Yeah, no, I love that. Okay, great. What are some other strategies you use to nurture those referral networks that you built? Um, well, definitely once social media came into the picture, I was, you know, being sure to connect with all of those people. I would always connect with any decision makers at the, you know, events that I would perform at on social media as well. And I always had them on my email list um, because, you know, I just wanted to be top of mind for them all the time and make it easy for them to share me with, with other, you know, other people and other decision makers. So that was a big one. And do you find that when you're working with musicians to help them monetize and to help them to, you know, get paid to, to work with music, do you find that they end up doing that primarily through other <clears throat> other income streams outside of performing? Or are they doing that through some of the things that you already shared that you were doing? Like how how do they make how are they crossing that bridge? Well, there's definitely multiple income streams involved with musicians. Um, performing is a big one. I mean, it depends on what kind of an artist they are. You know, they they can do performing and then do pr quite well at selling CDs and merch at the events. Mm -hmm. And I kind of see that all as one thing. Mm -hmm. um, but they can also, a lot of them have private students. So, you know, some of them have like, a, you know, they teach private songwriting or they teach, you know, they have a studio of piano students or voice students. And then some of them do really well with music licensing, getting their songs into film and TV yeah, my husband that's, that's does that. Yeah. Another oh, he does. That's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, it's a yeah. great passive income stream because once you get your music out there like that, it you can keep getting passive income as those things air. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, definitely. And so, what made you? I know you focus primarily on women musicians. What made you decide that you wanted to to focus exclusively on that particular group? Well, I think I mean it started with the radio station being that I felt like we were underrepresented and. 
I would turn on the radio and I'm like, how come 80 to 90% of what I hear is male artists? I would go, you know, look around for indie artists online and the 80% of them would be male. And I was thinking to myself, well, is that because there's fewer females or is it because they don't feel as comfortable putting themselves out there or they just don't feel supported, you know? So I wanted to figure out what that was and help them and give them a voice and a platform. And I found that over the years, so many people come back to me and say, you know what, you're the first person that aired my music and believed in me. And now I've gone on to do this, that, and the other oh, thing, you know, <laughs> that's the best. Isn't that the yes, best? It is so the best. Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. And do you find that the podcasting space, um, has been very good for the, the musician community? Like, do you see that being, a growing field for musicians? Yeah, I definitely do. It, 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 I even see between when I started the, the podcast based upon the radio station, which is all a music podcast. I started that two years ago and I see, you know, huge growth in that even over just the two years, because in the, in the podcast, I focus only on indie artists and it's so shareable, you know, like they can, so I, I put it on social media, I tag everybody. It's easy for them to share. Then their friends share it. You know, they can put it in their newsletters, a direct link. It's always available versus radio. You know, I can say, well, your song debuts this week on this show, but it's only on at this particular right. time, you know? Yes, yes. And then it's hard to capture and be able to use for future marketing and all of that. Right. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Very cool. Very cool. See, I just love hearing it from the opposite side because I think so many times people get stuck in that conundrum of, I want to follow my passion, but I have to make money. Is it really possible to live my dream and make money doing it? And I think you're here and you're saying, yes, absolutely. And I'm helping so many other people do it in what I consider to be really one of the hardest spaces to actually monetize, um, you know, art, art is, is hard, you know, it, it's definitely a challenging, you know, space. And, and so let's talk a little bit, uh, let's give people the black and white here, Brie, of, you know, the musicians that you see go through your programs that thrive, create opportunities and monetize versus those that don't, because what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to get the listeners to reflect back on their own situation, their own business, you know, what they're doing day to day and see which category they're falling into. And if it's time to like wake up and shake it up and make some changes in their own business. Well, I would say a lot of them that really succeed use, you know, specific ways that they interact with their fans and monetize their fans that are, you know, a little, a little newfangled. Like for example, um, if you're familiar with Patreon, a lot of people are now creating like paid fan clubs on Patreon where they provide content and then, you know, they ask their fans to pay a certain amount per month mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and either start, you know, so some of my Academy members are starting to build that there. So they've got this passive income. I interviewed someone on my podcast a couple of years ago. She had built up a Patreon of like 12, it might be a lot more now, but it was 1200 a month that she was making through Patreon where she was just providing like one, one cover song and one original song to them. And only they got to have that. You know, they got first dibs on it or they got to hear it first. And then maybe she provided them a, a video or some a private video. And that was paying for like all of her ongoing expenses, you know, like her insure, her insurance and her, you know, rent or something. And then she wasn't so stressed out. So she had that there and then she could 
then go out and do concerts and stuff to pay for all the other things and give her a salary. Right, right. So that's one thing. Another thing that they're using is house concerts, which I'm a big proponent of. In fact, I'm doing a, a workshop on that today because I absolutely love house concerts for indie artists because sometimes as an indie artist, it's really hard to get into good venues Venues where people are actually paying attention to you, not like a bar or something where people are just there for something else and not to hear they're there to have music in the background, but not really to pay attention to you as a unique artist. And so house concerts can provide that for indie artists, like this really high touch environment that, you know, all of my students that have done house concerts have made, even if like there's only 18 people there, they've made at least $350. And some people have made a lot more than that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think what you're saying, Brie, and this is why I wanted to have you on the show, because I want to open up people's mind and encourage them to get outside of the box and look at their business differently and look at their life differently is, you know, it's lots of different little income streams. It's thinking outside of the box. It's breaking down the norms. It's trying something new. It's offering a custom solution. It's taking all the skills and knowledge that you have and applying it in lots of different ways versus maybe the standard way that people always did it in the past, which may not work for you and may not actually be successful in getting you from where you are to where you want to be, right? Yeah. Are yeah. You, are your customers doing a lot with Facebook Live? Are they using Periscope, Snapchat? Are they doing a lot of live video? I am big encouraging them to do it. You know, some of them have stepped out of their comfort zone and started doing Facebook live. And I, uh, one of my members does a weekly Facebook live and that's where I want them to get to because if people know you're going to be on at a certain time, it's like having your own TV show, right? And people will know to show up and she's gotten some great engagement from that. She even got some local press because of it. Cause she, you know, her show was called tea and tunes. I think it was at a particular time and then, you know, it gives them a way to interact with you weekly. Plus you can always use that content later. You know, people will see it later in the feed. You can put it in your newsletter and drive people to the replay. There's just so many ways you can use it. Oh, absolutely. And actually, it's funny that you said that. That's exactly what I've asked my clients to do as well. I'm like, listen, it's your own TV show. Have a set day. Have a set time. Show up every week. People will come there. It's a gathering place. And then people start private messaging you. And unbelievable opportunities come from it. And it's like we have this very special moment in time right now as entrepreneurs where there's things at our fingertips that people would only dream of even mm-hmm. just a few years ago. So it's like we we all have to recognize that like now is the the moment today is the day and you are certainly doing that you're a shining example Brie um, I really love everything that you shared here today how can people find out more about you where can they go to you know get in touch or or look at some of your resources that you have available or even just listen to your music absolutely so I would love for you guys to come over to femmusician.com that's f as in female e is an entrepreneur musician.com that's the name of my podcast and it's also a website where you can find lots of resources for female independent artists, including um, you can grab my 19 proven sources of income that you probably haven't considered for your music business. If you're a musician, part-time or full-time, that will be really helpful, I think. And you can hear the podcast there as well. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Brie. I love the dialogue, love the conversation and uh, kudos on the great work. Keep it up. It's definitely needed. And uh, I hope all of our listeners had some fun tuning in today. Oh, you're welcome. It's been a great time. 
All right. So listen, my uh, unstoppables here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And if you can think of a few entrepreneurs that would really enjoy the dialogue, get some value out of it today, make sure you pass this episode along to them. Share everything that uh, was shared with you because sharing is absolutely caring. And make sure you join us for the Sunday night show. So if you haven't been tuning in to Facebook Lives, 9 o'clock Eastern on Sunday nights, we're live every week. We're covering business growth strategy, mindset, productivity, leadership, how you can build a business around the life you love. And all you have to do is head over to the uh, Kelly Roach International on Facebook. So we'll see you there. And until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.